0: Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 119, and it's been a while since um, I have preached. Brother Mays has been gracious enough to fill in, and he's been doing a great job following the leading of the Holy Ghost, but the Saints of Truth Church know what happens when it's been a while. I experience what I call preacher backup. Uh, everything that I haven't been able to say to this point, you know, just is all stopped up inside of me. And when I finally get an opportunity, then. But I don't want you to worry about me turning to Psalm 119. I'm not going to preach on every verse in this Psalm. For those of you who don't know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Um. It's a very unique psalm in a lot of ways, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that, but um, I'm going to do my best to be cognizant of the time, and I do have the whole strength issue that that I'm going to have to have God's strength. So there's a good chance that um, I may not be as lengthy as you think I am, but who knows? Some of you may regret having prayed for me over the last few days. you may be going back and saying, hang on, God, I didn't mean that much. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 and verse number 25. Psalm 119, verse 25, and I am going to read 16 verses here, so hang on, but there's a reason for that, and I'll explain it. Psalm 119, beginning with verse number 25. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared, now I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to this. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove me from the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt. Enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. And so, I want to especially call your attention today to verse... Number 30, and that's where I'm going to take my title, and I'll explain in just a moment. Verse 30 says, "I have chosen the way of truth. the way of truth." I want say, the way of truth." And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the way of truth. the way of truth." Let's put our Bibles down. Lift our hands, lift our voices. Let's ask God, and and listen, church, I want us not just to pray for God's blessing. I want you to pray for God to grant enlightenment to those who need enlightenment. I believe that there may even be folks listening online today or that will listen later, that God needs to open their understanding to truth. And I want God to use this lesson To enlighten people's minds. Would you would you pray that prayer right now with me, everybody? Lord in Jesus. God, I am asking, Pastor. God, that you would I pray, oh Lord God, you would help me today. I need the strength of your heart. I need your grace today to do what you have called me to do, and that is to feed the flock of God. Lord, would you help me? God, would you, O oh Lord, God, speak to this congregation? God, would you speak to those that are listening online or that will listen online? Would you open, understanding, God, enlighten hearts and minds, pull the scales from the eyes, O oh God, that they may see your God? Lord, help us to walk in the way of truth. Thank you for your touch so far. And let that anointing continue to flow in this house. We thank you, Master. We thank you, Master. Let's worship the Lord together right now, everybody. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. Come on, let's worship him. I still feel the touch of his spirit right now. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise God. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now I said a few moments ago that Psalm 119 is a unique psalm. If you have your Bible now I don't know about the Bibles in the pew, I don't know how they're marked, but if you've got a a Bible that is any kind of study Bible uh, you open it uh, to Psalm 119 uh, you're going to notice something about it different Bibles do it in different ways, some of it Some of them put it at the first of the verse. Uh, The Bible that I'm using here, the Bible that the church gave me a couple of years ago for pastor appreciation, uh, this Bible actually puts it at the heading before a group of verses. But what you see here, this is what what we would call an alphabetical psalm. It, It is... Uh, It is absolutely perfect in its design. Uh, It is peculiar in its consistency. Um, What you have, if, are you looking at your Bible? I don't know how many of you have it this way, but for many of you, you'll see verse one actually begins with the word Aleph. How many of you see that in your Bible? It's either the first word there or it's above the word, one way or the other. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then if you skip down to verse 9, you'll see Beth. You see that? That is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And and then you go down, uh, verse 17, Gimel, and and so on. What, What you see here is that these are the letters, each of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And the thing about this is that each of these groups of eight verses begin with that particular letter of the alphabet. The Hebrew word that starts the first verse of this group begins with that particular letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet, all right? Now, well, that's for what it's worth. I just I don't want you, I don't want people to walk out here and say I didn't learn anything today. So hopefully you learned something out of that. But but anyhow I thought it was interesting that this is this is a unique way of writing. As you know these are songs and this is one lengthy song. I mean this is this is uh, this is almost an entire musical right here in Psalm 119 because uh, you got 22. Sections of eight verses each and uh, and so each of them beginning with a particular letter of the alphabet in order, and he begins uh, the group with that letter of the alphabet. And so what I've read in my text and 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 um, I say that because with each of these groupings, there seems to be a particular theme. you, you almost could have divided. Uh, each of these eight verses into a psalm of its own. Um, And and, uh, um, each of them would have a a particular theme or something that's being said in that group of eight verses, all right? Uh, And and what I've read here, and this is why I read 16 verses, these are 16 consecutive verses, uh, two sets of eight, but there's a continuing that runs through <clears throat> all 16 of these. And of course, the overarching thought of this and really throughout all of Psalm 119 uh, is the Word of God. There's there's a lot of talk in Psalm 119 about the Word of God. But, but there's a sub-theme, if you please, in verses 25 through 40 that you may have known uh, noticed as I read. I tried to stress them as I read through them this morning. Uh, You'll notice that uh, verse 26. Read for me again here, Brother Goff. Let's let's do this uh, quickly here. Verse 26, read. I have declared my ways. I've declared my ways. Now we're going to just we're just going to hit these quickly. I've declared my ways. And And so he's he's talking. We don't have to finish the whole verse, but I just want to point out what he says here. I've declared my ways now. Whether or not David is the author of this particular psalm, uh, nobody knows for sure. Uh, There's some question as to whether he was the author. I don't know. It's irrelevant. I believe it's divinely inspired regardless of who authored it. Um, Doesn't matter to me. But whoever's writing it, he, he talks about his ways, all right? I've declared my
1: ways. Then in verse 27, he says, Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. The way of thy precepts. So here's another way. First of
0: all, there's my ways. And then there is the way of thy precepts. And then in verse 29, he says this.
1: Remove from me the way of lying. The way
0: of lying. There is a way. uh, The way of lying. And then verse number 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Yeah, take me away from the way of lying. I've chosen the way of truth. And I I just want to interject this free of charge. But, you know, every one of us face the choice between those two paths uh, regularly throughout our life. And let me tell you, it shouldn't really be a choice. Well, hallelujah. Amen. We ought to always avoid the way of lying and choose the way of truth. No matter what it costs us, Amen. So then, verse thirty-two. What does he say? I will run the way of thy commandments. The way of thy commandments. So again, here's a way: the way of thy commandments. Verse thirty-three.
1: Teach me, O Lord, the way. The way of thy statutes. All right. Then, verse thirty-seven. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Uh huh. And quicken thou me in thy way. In thy way. That is God's
0: way. Amen. Now, now, he's talking about different ways here in all of this. He keeps making reference throughout these verses to various ways. And, and, and then when we stop and think about, what does he talking about the way of truth and the way of God's precepts and the way of God's commandments. What what exactly is he discussing here when he
1: mentions this? Well, one key is what he says in verse 35. Read that for me. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Yeah. So here, to me, he gives us key that, That when he talks
0: about the way of God's precepts or the way of lying, he really is talking about not just a lifestyle, but he's trying to paint a verbal picture to us of a path. He's trying to describe for us a direction in life. All right, so he uses the word path here in verse 35, amen. And as I said, I want to focus today specifically on verse 30, amen. Read for me verse 30. I have chosen chosen the way of truth. The way of truth. Now, when I looked up the word way in the original Hebrew, it literally means a road that is traveled. And it comes from a Hebrew root that means to walk. So when we talk about the way of truth, he is literally discussing a a path that you walk on. So what I want to talk to you about today is this way of truth, a pathway that you pursue. I'm here to tell you today that truth is not a stationary object that we just find and keep. It's not a place or a location where we finally just set our tents and decide this is where I'm going to live. But we've got to put our entire life into the process. Amen. That from the time that we begin our pursuit of God, I want to walk in the way of truth. God, I want you to continually open my eyes. I want you to continually open my understanding. I want my heart to to be laid bare before you. I want you to guide me every step of the way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to guide me. I want you to lead me along this Path of truth. Oh, hallelujah! I, I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm just going to throw this in for all of us that have been in church for a long time. There, there have been times in my walk with God, times even after I was pastoring, brother Goff, that that God uh, re- would reveal to me things from His Word that i didn 't understand it before that that 's what he meant and i i 'm being honest and transparent. I had to make adjustments in my life. I had to make adjustments with the way that I did things right. and i i don 't want to get sidetracked i don 't have enough time and probably if if I get too sidetracked on things I'm gonna get, uh, i 'm going to get i 'm going to run out of strength and energy i 'm already running out of breath here but but um uh, I, I just just there was a time I was I was pastoring in a place, and my pastor had, had, had always taught about a particular subject, and I won't get into it this morning, but he'd taught about a particular subject, and he'd never taught us that it was a sin. He just said, you know, if you'll give it up, God will bless you for giving it up, and that's the way he approached us, the way I was raised, so I just accepted it as such, and and then when I started pastoring, that's the way I taught my people, and, and then I ran into a situation where uh, one of the saints came to me and said, you know, I've got a, a real deal here. If I give this up, it's going to Cause problems in my home, and, and, and uh, my husband doesn't live for God. It's going to be a problem for me. And she said, I just need to know, is this a sin or not? And I said, well, I don't know, but I'll find out. And I spent days seeking God and studying the scriptures. And, and God led me into truth. And I had to get up as a pastor and apologize to my congregation and say, God has shown me the truth of the matter. And I want you to know, I've come to a conclusion. This is sin. Look, I'm, I'm preaching to us today, church. We want to talk about truth week. I want us to understand that none of us should ever get to a place that our minds are closed to truth. We all need to live in a way that God can always speak to us and say there may be something else that God may want to show us. There may be something else God may want to talk to us about. It wasn't that many years ago. And again, I, I don't want to get off into too many of these things, but I'm just trying to be transparent with you. As a church, it wasn't too many years ago. Uh, it's been since I've been here. Um, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe 15. I don't know. I don't know how long ago it's been, but, but I was at a meeting. I was, I was at Admit, a preacher's meeting, and, and uh, the Lord began to deal with me about the way I was paying my tithes. And I've always paid tithes. I've never had a problem paying tithes. And, and, uh, but again, the way I was taught to do it, and I, I had set up a, an account. As a pastor, I'd set up an account, and I'd put my tithes in that account. And When preachers came by I'd for revivals, I'd pay my tithes because tithing is for the ministry, and that's the way I'd do it. But in setting in that meeting, I felt like God convicted me, and God said, no, tithing is an act of submission, and you need to be paying tithes to your pastor." And, and so I went to my pastor and talked to him about it. He said, you know, God had just talked to him about it. He had just changed the way he was doing it. And, and from that day, I shut down the account and started mailing my tithes to my pastor. And that's the way I've done it ever since. I'm just telling you, I, I don't care who we are or how long we've lived for God, Truth is not something where we just set up a home and find a place and relax. But truth is a way. It's a path. It's a journey from here to heaven. Our minds and our hearts and our spirits have got to be open to the spirit of truth who has come to lead and to guide us into all truth. Amen. I want God to be able to talk to me about truth at any time and about anything hallelujah amen truth is a pathway it's a road on which we should embark amen it's it is a journey which we need to continue on amen to follow until it brings us to our final destination which is heaven hallelujah So let's talk a little bit about the way of truth this morning. Amen. I'm going to try to hurry through this. Let's talk about the way of truth, this pathway. And I want you to... Get it in your mind. I want you to think of this as though it is a highway, as though it is a road, all right? Is everybody with me? So if we're going to start on this road that we call truth highway, all right? We're, we're going to start on truth highway. There is a point of origin at which everybody begins. There is a point of origin where everybody starts. Amen. And that point of origin for all of mankind, where we begin our journey on the road of truth, is at the point of ignorance. It's the point of ignorance. Now, I, I, I've said this many times. And, and saints of God, please bear with me. Some of what I'm going to say today is redundant to some of you. But just bear with me and understand there are others listening today that need to hear this as well. So, so I, I want to explain to everybody that ignorance is not the same as stupidity. There's a big difference. Ignorance simply means that you do not have the knowledge of something. Stupidity means you don't have the ability to gain that knowledge. All right? So ignorance, there are subjects of which I'm ignorant. Just ask Josh. All I've got to do is make the mistake of asking him something about the website. And what a mistake. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you now translate that for me? I have no clue what you just said. I'm ignorant of those things, all right? I'm ignorant of those things. There, there are things I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just ignorant of those things. Now, that's not the same as being stupid. But I'm telling you, every one of us be, begin as far as truth. We all begin at a point of ignorance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and this is it's scriptural for how can we believe in something of which we've never heard? Romans chapter 10, verses 13 and
1: 14, read. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. How then but shall they, how call they call on him in whom they have, in not, whom believed? They have not believed? And, and how and shall they how believe, can they him believe in whom him of whom, whom they
0: have not, not heard? heard. And And how shall they hear hear without without a a preacher? The process of salvation begins by the simple procedure of calling on the name of the Lord. But how can they call on a name that they've never heard of? And how can they hear unless somebody tells them? I'm telling you that everybody, everybody begins at the point of ignorance of truth. It's where we all start. But I want to warn you today, that may be the common starting place, but it should not be our final destination. Amen. Ignorance itself is no crime or sin. But I want to tell you, willful ignorance is another story altogether. Amen. We have the opportunity. We have a book in front of us that tells us what truth is we've got the privilege today of learning what truth is we may come into this world ignorant of truth but we should not stay that way we need to get this book down and find out where this road is going to lead us we need to let this pathway of truth take us further than just ignorance Amen, amen. 2 Peter 3, 5 mentions this. Let me read, let's me let read this very quickly here, 2 Peter
1: 3, 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of. They willingly of,
0: are ignorant. They're willingly
1: ignorant of. That by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have time to go into all this, but I'm just going to tell you. I, I'm, I'm going to say
0: this and I'm going to move on. But most, most scientists that adhere to evolution They are willingly ignorant of creation. They don't want to believe in creation. It's not that they're convinced by science. It's that they don't want to hear about creation. They don't want to believe it. Because if there was creation, then there is a creator. And if there is a creator, they're going to have to answer to him one day. So if they can take the creator out of the equation, then they can live their lives the way they want to. And once they take him out of the equation, then a baby's not a baby anymore. And a male is not a male. And a female's not a female. Once they take the creator out of the equation, then they can can make any determination they want to make. They are willingly ignorant. Ignorant. I don't want to be willingly ignorant of the truth. I don't want to just hang on to the traditions uh, that were handed me by my parents or my grandparents uh, Amen, or some priest uh, or some preacher. I want to get into the word of God uh, and find out what the truth is. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. I've got to skip through some of these things. Let me just tell you today, what you don't know can hurt you. Skip down to Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. All right, we're going to move on from that point, but I just wanted you to hear what the prophet said. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm going to tell you what you don't know can hurt you. Amen. You're not going to be saved just because you don't know. Amen. You've got the opportunity today. You're sitting in a place or you're listening right now to a message. If you'll hang on just a little while, I'm going to lead you down the path of truth. I'm going to take you to the place where you can have the opportunity to see for yourself what truth is. You don't have to remain ignorant. But I'm going to tell you ignorance is exactly where the devil wants you to stay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4
1: verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be if hid, our gospel be hid. It is hid to them that are lost. It's hid to them that
0: are lost.
1: In, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, uh-huh. lest the light of the, glorious, lest gospel the, light of of the Christ, glorious gospel of
0: Christ, who is the
1: image of God, image should of God. shine unto them.
0: Now listen to me. Here's what here's what Paul said. Paul said, first of all, if the gospel that we the apostles preach is hid to you, you're lost. If you are ignorant of this gospel, you're lost. If you don't know what the apostles preached, you're lost. That's not me. I'm not being judgmental. I'm reading to you what the Bible says. you got to know what the apostles preached. Amen. But the Bible says that the enemy of our soul, the God of this world, has blinded your mind. He doesn't want you to know. He wants you to remain ignorant because he wants you to be lost. But I'm here today on a mission from God. I've come to remove the blindfold from your mind if God will help me today through the anointing of the spirit I'm going to rip some blindfolds off I'm going to let you see the light of this glorious truth I'm going to let God show you what it takes to walk on this pathway of truth oh help me Jesus help me Jesus praise God hallelujah Amen. So we got to do something about this place called ignorance. We got we to take a step beyond this point of origin. If we're going to go anywhere, we're going to go anywhere, we got to move forward. So we got to take a first step. And, and uh, it should be obvious to us that the first step to overcoming the ignorance of the truth would be to gain a knowledge of the truth. And
1: this is God's desire for everybody. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, listen to this. Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Now listen, listen, listen. The Bible's not politically correct.
0: So when it says all men it also means all women, it means all children, it means all everybody. Alright? So what he's saying here is that God wants everybody to be saved. And he wants everybody to come to the knowledge of truth the truth. Listen to me today. The God of heaven does not want you to remain ignorant. He wants you to know the truth. He wants to reveal to you this glorious knowledge. He wants to draw you along this pathway. He wants to take you by the hand and bring you out of the land of ignorance into the land of knowledge. He wants to open your understanding today oh hallelujah I feel the Holy Ghost God wants to open your understanding today and let you understand the truth yes, oh praise God praise God amen God wants you to come to the knowledge of the truth now I would, I would just point out to you look at how Paul said this to come unto the knowledge That sounds to me, Brother Self, that sounds to me like Paul is is speaking in terms of a path, just like the psalmist did. You're coming unto. You're walking on a journey. You're, 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 You're following a course of action here to come to this place where you have knowledge of the truth. Amen. Now, I've already shown you that God wants everybody to have the knowledge of the truth so how could I how could I deliver a message on the way of truth and tell you God wants you to know the truth if I didn't tell you what the truth is hallelujah what is truth Well, truth is not what I say it is it's not what you say it is it's not what some preacher says it is it's not what grandma said it is The question, what is truth, is at least as old as Pontius Pilate. I can trace it back that far, probably before that. But I've got proof that it goes back that far. John 18, verse 38.
1: Pilate Pilate said
0: unto him, him, that is unto Jesus. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? truth? So there it is. There's the question. Jesus is standing before Pilate, and he asked the question, what is truth? truth. Because Jesus had just spoken to him. Pilate said, are you a king? And he said, well, my kingdom's not of this world. I come to bear witness of the truth. And Pilate thought he was being smart and said, what is truth? Now, I like to say it this way. If Pilate had been in church the night before, he would have had the answer to that question. Because just the night before, while Jesus and his disciples were having church in the upper room, Jesus answered that very question. See, this is John 18. You're looking, at the, you're looking up here this? Can you see that? That's John 18. You see that? Let's back up one chapter. One chapter is the night before in the upper room. Jesus is there with his disciples. They're having church. Now, they, they just had communion and foot washing. And, uh, and now they're having prayer meetings. That's right. They're having prayer meeting. I mean, Jesus is up there praying. In John 17, 17,
1: Jesus answered the question a Pilate would ask the next day. In John 17, 17, here's what he said. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth yeah there it is right there see if Pilate had gone to church the night before he'd have
0: had the answer to that question what is truth? Jesus gave the answer thy word is truth that's what truth is not what I say not what you say not what the preacher down the road says not what the priest says not what grandma says but I'll tell you what is truth here right here in this black back book this is truth this is truth this is truth this is truth is truth. Hallelujah. Amen. If we want to know what truth is, we don't go ask somebody else. We don't take a survey. We don't, we don't go online and say, how many believe this and how many believe that? Okay, the majority wins. God doesn't run his kingdom by a democracy. I'm telling you what's written in this book is what is truth. In fact, I'm gonna prove to you, God doesn't run His kingdom by democracy. Read Romans chapter three, verse four. God, God forbid. forbid. Jay, let Jay, God let, be true. God be true, and let every man every, be a liar. Every man, every man, every man, a liar. Listen to what here's what Paul says. What Paul says is, I don't care if 100 percent of the population of the world believes something. If it's different than what God says, God is right, and everybody else is wrong. So don't come at me with an argument, well, nobody else believes that. Well, this church doesn't believe that. Well, that evangelist didn't believe that. Well, here was the most well-known evangelist in all the world. He didn't preach that. I don't care who preached it, who didn't preach it. None of that matters to me. What matters to me is, what does the word of God say? Let God be true and every man a liar. His word is truth. Hallelujah. So you want to know what truth is? go to the Bible now that of course presents a problem because it's like I uh, I was with a preacher one time in a restaurant and we were trying to witness to the waitress and so she came up with this fabulous argument that uh, well you know you interpret the Bible your way I interpret it mine and we've all got our own interpretation of the Bible Yeah, yeah well you know that sounds nice but there's a problem.
1: and here's the problem. The problem is Second Peter 1 and 20.: Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private of interpretation.: any
0: Private interpretation. Do you know what that means? What that means is, I don't get my interpretation, and you don't get your interpretation. What we've got to do is find out God's interpretation. The only way the Bible is true is if we interpret it the way God wants, to, wants us to interpret it. Hallelujah. So again, how do we do that? Because I can promise you we can go to the nearest church here and ask them a question and get a different interpretation. So how are we going to know whether we're interpreting it right? Well, i got an answer for that too. And, and, and I want you to notice something. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you what the Scripture says. All right, so let's let the Scripture tell us how do we know what's the right interpretation. 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. We are of God. All right, now wait a minute. This is written by whom? Who wrote this? Yeah, yeah, 1 John wrote this, right? No. This is written by John. This is by John the Beloved. Amen. This is is John. This is the disciple whom Jesus loved. This, This was one of... Jesus inner circle one of his closest three who wrote this and he was speaking collectively he didn't say I am of God he said we are of God and when he spoke in this collective plural he was speaking not just of himself but he spoke of himself as an apostle he said we the apostles are of God now this is not everybody who wears the title apostle but he was speaking of the originals that were handed. Picked by Jesus Christ. A lot of folks wearing the title apostle today that have not been picked by Jesus Christ. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. I can show you a few articles and some stuff they're preaching. I can promise you Jesus didn't pick any of that. And that's the truth. I promise you. Um, Anyhow. Be that ass it me. Jesus did pick these men. And they are of God. And so what did he say? He that knoweth he God That knows God will listen to us. Again, collectively, he's speaking of the apostles. So if somebody knows God, they'll listen to what the apostles said. Read.
1: He that is not of God, heareth not And he said, I'm going to tell you how you can know somebody's
0: not of God if they won't listen to what the apostles said. So listen, the next time somebody says, well, I'd rather obey Jesus than Peter. I'm here to tell you, they're not listening to the apostles. And the Bible says if they won't listen to the apostles, they are not of God. In fact, Peter did not contradict Jesus. That's another lesson for another day. But but. He that will not listen to the apostles is not of God. And then he said this. Hereby know we the spirit of truth. This is how we know the spirit of truth
1: and the 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 spirit of
0: error. So here's what I'm going to tell you. The way we can tell whether we've got the right interpretation or not is to compare it to what the apostles said. If the way we're interpreting Scripture is the way the apostles interpreted it, then we got the right interpretation. But if our interpretation is different than theirs, then we've got it all wrong. Amen. That makes it really simple to me. I don't have to worry about my interpretation or your interpretation. I'll go find out what was Peter's interpretation. What was Paul's interpretation? What was John's interpretation? I'll find out how they interpreted it, and I'll know that is truth simple enough simple enough amen praise God he said that's how we know the spirit of truth and spirit of error I'm trying to hurry All right, Galatians 1 verse 8 listen to this
1: but though we or an we angel now here from is heaven, a
0: collective plural but though we speaking of the apostles but though we or an angel from heaven or even Moroni
1: preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto some you Some you don't know
0: Moroni that's you're better off not knowing Moroni amen amen in fact you could just take the eye off. That's another. Pronounce it a little bit different, but anyhow. All right. But though we are an angel from heaven. Preached any other gospel unto you, you. Some of you catch than that, that we have preached unto you. Tomorrow. All right. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you.
1: Let him be a curse. Let
0: him be uh, cursed! I'm telling you. Here's what Paul said. John said. We know whether it's the spirit of truth or the spirit of error by whether or not they're saying what we said. Jo- uh, uh, Paul said it this way. He said, if they're not preaching exactly what we preach, they're cursed of God. I don't care about the size of their congregation. I don't care about how many TV programs they've got. I don't care about how many Lear jets they're flying. I don't care about. I don't care about any of that. What I'm going to tell you is, if they're not preaching what we, the apostles, preach, they are cursed of God. There is no other gospel, there is no other message than what the apostles preached. Let's go to Luke 24, verses 45 to 49. I'm trying, I'm trying to hurry here. Amen, Luke 24, verses 45 to 49, read. Then open he then their open understanding. He. Now, now listen, I'm going to just stop right here. If you think the apostles made a mistake, then you don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible clearly says right here in Luke 24, 45, that Jesus himself opened their understanding. Other men might have made a mistake about some scriptures, but these men did not make a mistake. They understood.
1: All right, read. That they might understand the scriptures. Uh-huh. And, he said unto them, and he said unto them, Thus it is thus written, written, and thus it behooves Christ, to, Christ suffer, to suffer, and to rise, to rise from, from the, the dead the, the third, third day. day.
0: And that repentance. Now, listen, he is about to ascend into heaven, and he's telling them, here's what I want you guys to preach. I'm going to be gone. This is going into your hands. It's your job now to build the church from here. And here's the way I want you to build it. Here's what I want you to preach when I'm gone. Starting off, I want you to preach repentance. All right, and what else?
1: And, remission of, and sins remission of sins should be preached in his name, in his
0: name among, all, among nations, all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Beginning at Jerusalem and
1: you're witnesses, and ye are of, your these witnesses
0: of these things, and behold, I and send the behold, promise, of my, send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, ye but in, the tarry ye of in Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem until, until you until be with power from on, power from on high. high. And so Jesus opened their understanding, <laughs> and he said, I want you to go and preach repentance. I want you to preach, amen? remission of sins in my name and I want you to preach the promise of the Father. Nowhere in this did he say I want you to preach except the Lord as your personal Savior. Nowhere in this did he say I want you to preach just believe on me. Nowhere in this did he say I want you to preach join the church or shake the preacher's hand. He said preach repentance. Preach remission of sins in my name and preach the promise of the Father. So they go to Jerusalem. And the Holy Ghost falls. And there's a crowd standing there not understanding what's going on. And Peter preaches to them. And when he gets through preaching, he points his finger in their face and he said, you've crucified the Lord. And they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? Let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 37.
1: Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, uh-huh. Men and brethren, and what brethren, shall we do? What shall we do? Tell us how to be saved. Tell
0: us how to get this sin off of our record. Read.
1: Then Peter, then Peter said unto them, them, Repent. Believe on
0: the Lord. No, no. Then Peter said unto them, confess the Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. No, that's not what he said either. That's not what he said. Then Peter said unto them, what? Repent. All right, Jesus said, I want you guys to preach three things. Number one, preach repentance. What's the first thing Peter said? He said, repent. The second thing Jesus commanded, preach remission of sins in my name. What else did Peter say?
1: Be baptized, baptized, every one of you, you, in the name of Jesus Christ, Christ, for the remission
0: of remission of sins. There it is, remission of sins in his name. The third thing was, preach the promise of the Father. And here's what he said.
1: And And you shall receive the gift of the
0: Holy Ghost. Ghost, For the promise is unto you, you, and to your children, and to to all all that are afar off, even 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 as many
1: as the Lord our God shall call.
0: I'm taking you today to the knowledge of the truth. Peter preached exactly what he was commanded to preach. Amen. Amen. So did Paul. Oh, I, I, I got to hurry. I got to hurry because I got more to go here. So did Paul. Acts chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Now, this wasn't Paul. This was, this
1: was still Peter. For as yet he was falling upon this none of Peter them. Peter and John.
0: Peter and John. Acts chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. I got ahead of myself. Peter and John. Acts 16. Acts 8, 16, 17, this is in Samaria. For as yet he was fallen on none of them.
1: Only, only they, were, ba- they, were, only they baptized were baptized in the name in of the, the Lord name, Jesus.
0: Not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Read.
1: Then laid, then they laid they their hands, their on, hands him, on
0: them, and they, received, and the they Holy received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remission of sins in his name and the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 10. This is Peter at the household of Cornelius, mm-hmm. verses 44 through 48. Read. While Peter While yet, Peter spake, yet these words, spake these words, the Holy Ghost the Holy fell on all them, them which, heard which heard the word. And they the of the circumcision which believed, which, believed which believed were astonished, as many as, many
1: as came Peter, with Peter. The that because that on the Gentiles also was poured, also out, the was the poured out
0: the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with
1: tongues and, and
0: magnify God. God. Then, then answered Peter, then Peter can any, any man forbid water that they, they should, should not, not be baptized, be baptized which have received receive the, Holy the Holy Ghost as well as, well as we? And he commanded be, them to be, to be baptized in the name in the of the, name the Lord. Lord. There it is again, Amen. man remission of sins in his name and the promise of the Father. They're preaching what Jesus told them to preach. Amen. And one more. The Apostle Paul, he called himself an apostle born out of due season. But he didn't preach anything different than what the originals preached. Acts chapter 19, he found a group of people kind of like some of you listening to this message right now. Amen. Acts chapter 19, verse 1.
1: And Amen. it came to pass came that while pass. Apollos was at Corinth, was at Corinth. Paul, Paul having, passed having passed through the passed upper, the upper coast, coast, came to Ephesus. Came to Ephesus. And finding certain, finding disciples, certain disciples, he said unto, said them, unto them, "Have you received, have the, you received Holy the Holy Ghost, ghost since ye believed?" You believed. And they said unto him, said unto "We them, have not, not so, much so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost." Any Holy Ghost. ghost. And he he, said, unto he them, said unto them, "Unto them, what were you baptized?" And he said unto John's baptism. now, now, wait. How did John
0: baptize? Does anybody know how did John baptize? He baptized unto repentance. Now, Jesus commanded that you preach repentance. So these people had already repented. They'd already repented, all right? And they'd also been baptized, but it wasn't done the way Jesus commanded that it be done. So they'd repented, all right? Let's go on. They said unto John's baptism. Then, said, then Paul, said Paul, John verily John baptized. verily baptized. With the, the baptism, baptism of
1: repentance, rep- repentance. saying unto the, Say unto the people that they should, they believe, should believe on, on him, him which, which should come, should after, come him. after him, that is, is, on Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. When, when they, they had heard, heard this, this, they were they baptized. Were baptized! In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah,
0: remission of sins in his name. They got baptized again, this time in his name. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Reed, Paul had, read, had, laid, his Paul hands hands had them, laid his hands upon the them, the Holy Ghost, the, Holy Ghost the promise of the Father, came on them, and, and they and spake with spake tongues, with tongues, and, tongues and, prophesied. and prophesied. I'm taking you to the knowledge of the truth today. I'm telling you, this is the way you get saved. It's not through believing on the Lord it's not through confessing Christ it's not through being a member of a church it's not through praying the rosary it's not through talking to Mary it's not through confessing to a priest you've got to repent you've got to be baptized in Jesus name you've got to receive the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in other tongues
1: hallelujah hallelujah
0: Praise God. Now, now, I gotta move on. I gotta move on. Because that's not the final step. Knowledge of the truth is not the final step. You gotta get there. But just having a knowledge of the truth doesn't save you. Once you know the truth, you gotta go further than that.
1: It's not enough to know it. Read for me, 1 Peter 122. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth Mm, through mm. the Spirit. Wait a minute. You purified your souls how? In obeying
0: the truth. Not in knowing the truth. We're on this journey now. Is everybody with me? I hope y'all didn't take a detour. I hope none of you made a pit stop. Hope you're not still in the rest area. (laughs) All rest areas closed till 12 o'clock. They open back up at 12 and they close down at 5. Hallelujah. Stay with me. He said, You purified your souls in obeying the truth. It's not enough. It's not enough, Brother Nelson, to just know the truth. You got to do something about what you know. You have to obey it. You've got to obey what you know. See, Jesus told a parable one time about two builders. He said one of them was wise and one was foolish. Let's look at this, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27.
1: Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Uh-huh. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, uh-huh. which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, right. and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, yes. and it fell. And great was the fall of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's two men here, both of them builders. One's wise, one's foolish. Both of them built a house, and both of them heard the word of the Lord. Jesus said in verse 24, that whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him to a wise man. And then verse 26, he said, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, so both of them heard, And doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man. I submit to you the only difference between wisdom and foolishness was obedience. Both of them heard the same thing. But one obeyed what he heard, and the other didn't. Now you're building a house. I don't care how beautiful it is, and I don't care how strong you think the structure is. The fact is, the foundation of that house has got to be obedience to the truth. If that house is going to stand, you've got to obey what I just preached to you. If that house is going to stand, you've got to obey what I have preached to you. You've got to obey the message of repentance. You've got to obey the message of baptism in Jesus' name. You've got to obey him and receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. i got to hurry. Even obedience, church, sometimes we get caught up and think, okay, I've heard it, I know it, I've obeyed it. That's good enough. I'm going to tell you, that's not where the journey ends. That's not where it ends. Let me give you a third step on this journey here. I'm trying to, trying to get to the end here. The third step on this journey, go to 1 Timothy. We're skipping over some things here for time's sake and for my energy's sake. 1 Timothy chapter 4,
1: and verse number 16. Take heed unto thyself. And unto the doctrine, take continue in the them. doctrine, and and do what? Continue in them.
0: Continue. Everyone say continue. Continue in them.
1: Read. For in doing this, For thou shalt do this. save this thyself. Shalt thyself save thyself. And them that and hear them thee. That hear thee. It's not
0: enough just to obey it. I'm going to tell you, we got to keep walking in it. We got to continue. It's what I said earlier. We can't reach a place where we just sit back on our laurels and say, okay, I obeyed Acts 2.38. I'm good to go. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm telling you, every day, every day, we need to have our hearts and our minds open. God, lead me a little further. Amen. God, show me a little bit more. Make me a little bit more like you. Teach me, oh God, thy ways. Show me thy precepts. God, help me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Help me, oh God. I want to be a reflection of you I want your image to be born in me I want to continue in this truth and then and then the next step I'm skipping again the next step 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 10
1: 2 Thessalonians 2, and verse 10, read. And with all deceivableness of of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth.
0: Oh, now listen to this. See, we all start at a place of ignorance toward the truth. And then, God in His grace has brought every one of us under the sound of my voice. Maybe just today is the first time, but at this point in your life, everybody under the sound of my voice has arrived at that point called the knowledge of the truth. You've gotten there. You're there today. You know it. You can argue with it. You can debate it. You can say it's not true, but you've seen it in the Scriptures. You've come to the knowledge of the truth. And then you're faced with the question of whether you will obey what you now have heard. And many that are listening to me right now have obeyed, and that's wonderful. But all of us can point to somebody we know that once obeyed and turned their backs. They didn't continue in it. So just obedience is not enough. We've got to continue in the truth. Amen. Yes, we do. But even continuing in the truth, there's another step we got to take, brother. Go And here's what he said. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love
1: of the truth. That they might be saved. Read. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. For this cause, verse 11 says, for this
0: cause, for this cause, God sends strong delusion. He's referring back to what he just said in verse 10. What he said in verse 10 was because they didn't receive a love for the truth. It's not enough to know the truth or obey the truth or continue in the truth. At some point, we got to fall in love amen, amen. with the truth. Can I tell you the reason why some don't continue in the truth? It's because they never fell in love with it. Listen to me today. I've watched it through the years. I've seen it happen. Couples that are up in years and one, comes completely, uh, what do you say, comatose, what they call a vegetative state, unresponsive. But I've watched their spouse of many years, if at all possible, make their way to the bedside of that other spouse and sit there, hold their hand, Kiss their face. Give them expressions of love. They're not getting one thing out of that relationship for the God. It's costing them. It's not about what am I getting out of this because they're not getting anything. This is not a 50-50 thing like people say marriage needs to be. No, no. at this point, no, it's, it's all give and no take. But you know what keeps them coming back to that nursing home every day? You know why they don't just divorce them and go find somebody else? You know why they don't leave them? Because you don't leave what you love. And I'm telling you, I don't care how intelligent they were. I don't care how brilliant their minds were. If they walked away from the truth, I submit to you, somewhere along the way, they failed to fall in love. if there is anything I want to put in this church before I die I want this church to love the truth I don't want you to just know it I don't want you to just believe it I don't want you to just obey it I don't want you to just continue in it I want you to love the truth I want you to get just as excited any time somebody steps to this pulpit and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord as you did the first time you got the revelation. I want you to get just as excited when somebody quotes Acts 2.38 as you did the first time that you understood your need for salvation. I want you to fall in love with the truth Musicians come. That's what Truth Week is all about. Falling in love with this truth. Oh, God, let's have everybody stand. It's about falling in love with this truth. I love it. 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 I've been privileged in the last few years to be able to go into some great churches. And and, and I've been humbled. They've asked me to come in and teach doctrine in their churches. And I know... I, you know, I, I've told them, I've, I've stood there looking at their pastor thinking, Dear God, I don't measure up to this man. What am I doing here? And I've told them, I, I'm not here claiming I know this doctrine better than anybody. I'm not here because I've got some special insight into it. The only thing I can tell you is that I do love this message. With every fiber of my being, I love this message. I have loved it since God saved me. As a young boy, it's been my life. It has consumed me. I have poured myself into the doctrine and let God pour the doctrine into me. And and again, I I don't think, and, and that's why, honestly, some of you heard me say this, why I wouldn't write a book for a long time because I don't think I've got anything in those books that hadn't been said over and over and over and over and said much better than I can say it. what I keep hearing from people is something about it. You put in us a love for it. And you know, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want you to love this message. I want you to love it. Because if you love it, you'll never leave it. If you're here today and you don't know Him the power of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. This love that I'm talking about, a love for the truth, can only come when God fills you with His Spirit. If you'll repent of your sins and ask God in faith, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to give it to you. And that holy ghost is also called the spirit of truth and he'll guide you into all truth you'll want to be baptized in the name of jesus and we can accommodate you i want to open these altars right now we've got a few minutes left i want to open these altars i want you to know if you'd like to pray you can come and pray There are people here who will pray with you. We want you to experience the joy, the power, the glory, the wonder of this truth. I tell you what, why don't we all come gather around the front? Can we do that? Let's everybody just come. Let's close this service out today. Gathering around. Let's talk to the Lord.